And this morning, I'm going to make the last installment in our series, Relentless Faith. How many people have been enjoying it already? Amen. I don't think I preached, uh, uh, well, I hadn't preached at all. So, amen. We thank God for all of our guest speakers that have come and shared the word of God. Amen. Did you enjoy them? Amen. We thank God. Amen. For them on today. So I want you to grab your Bibles this morning. And I want you to or take a look at the screen. You'll find me this morning in 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1, 4 through 5 this morning. 2 Peter 1, 4 through 5. Amen. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For your standing for the word of God. I'll be using the new life version on this morning. Amen. Amen. I see some pages still turning. Amen. That's good. Amen. Second, second Peter 1, 4 through 5. It reads, the word of God reads, through his shining greatness and perfect life, He's given us promises. These promises are of great worth, and no amount of money can buy them. Through these promises, you've come, you can have God's own life in you. That's powerful. Now that you have gotten away from the sinful things of the world, which came from wrong desires of the flesh, and then Peter says, do your best to add holy living to your faith. Mm. Then add to this a better understanding. A little while this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, faith possesses promises. Faith possesses promises. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for what you've done in this place already. Thank you for the songs that have been sung unto you. Thank you for the prayer that has been ushered up to you. Father, we just honor you today and realize that we're in your presence. The Bible declares that in your presence is fullness of joy, right hand, pleasures forevermore. So God, we thank you for bringing us to this place in this appointed time. God, to worship you, to praise you, but also to hear your word because it is the entrance of your word that giveth light. And we need the illumination of your word in our life that we may be everything that you called us to be. So, Father, we thank you for assembling your people on today. I pray that David may decrease, that you may increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Faith possesses promises. According to Merriam-Webster, the word possess means to seize and take control of. To enter into the control firmly. To really have grips on something. 
And I want to start by saying I believe that many Christians today fail to possess, fail to seize, fail to take control of the promises of God. See, it's one thing to know about a promise. It's another one to read about a promise. But to possess a promise, that's where God would desire us to be, to possess it, to to control, to, to, to have a grip on the promises that he has purposed and destined for our lives. I was reading a story about a lady by the name of Hetty Green. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard uh, of this particular lady or not, but Hetty Green is known as the witch of Wall Street. Yeah, this woman was believed to be poor. People would see her and they would pity her. As she walked down the street, understand, people would see her outward condition. And because they would see her outward condition, they sadly shook their head at her. And it is said that this woman never turned on the heat in her room. It is said that she never used hot water. And to her, heat and hot water cost too much. It is said that she owned only one dress. She owned a black dress, and she would wear this dress every day, never changing the dress or undergarments until the seams fell apart and the material fell off her shoulders in frayed strips of rotten rags. She said clothes cost too much. And when it came to food, it is said that she ate mostly pies, the kind of pies that she could purchase for 15 cents a piece. Yeah, and when her son broke his leg as a child, she took him to the free clinic for the poor. And unfortunately, his leg had to be amputated. She didn't want to pay for the treatment because she said it cost too much. And even when she suffered from the affliction of a bad a hernia, she refused to pay $150 to the doctor to make it go away. She chose to suffer in pain instead of paying the $100 and $50. Hetty Green would eventually pass away in 1916, and when she, it is said that when she passed away, she was estimated, her net worth was estimated somewhere uh, just on either side of $2 million. I'm sorry, let me back that up, $200 million. And I didn't say $200. I didn't say $2,000. I said this woman's net worth was uh, on the side of $200 million. Yeah, and that's about $4 million of today's dollars. So Hetty Green had been, without dispute, the richest woman in the world, and she would be known as the world's greatest miser. And when she died, her daughter stuck a million in her bank account and gave the rest of the 200 million to churches, to hospitals, and yeah, 
to colleges. Yeah, this woman possessed wealth that could have changed her life. She possessed wealth that could have changed her family lineage. Uh, uh, she possessed wealth that could have um, impacted the lives of anybody that she chose to share her wealth with, but she chose not to do it. Can I suggest that there are many Christians today who possess something that is able to change their life. Yeah, that is able to change the life of their family, the life of their family lineage. Not only that, but able to change the life of people that we come in contact with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what Peter is trying to help us understand. Because truth of the matter is, is that God has given promises to each and every one of us that have accepted Christ into our lives. And it would be a travesty to live this life, to, 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 to grow up and, and, and live life never uh, apprehending, never uh, possessing what God has planned and purposed for our lives. Can I tell you the truth that many people are going to pass away with never tapping into what God has destined and planned for their lives. Yeah, it was Miles Monroe said the richest place is... Yeah, it's not the bank, but it's the graveyard. Uh, because many people have gone to the grave with never, without never tapping into the fullness of what God has planned and purpose for their lives. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that person. Uh, no, no, I want to tap into everything that God has planned and purpose. If God set it up, I want to possess it. If God has made it available to me, I want to walk into it and apprehend everything that God has destined and planned for my life. Do I have a witness in the building? Ah, uh, yeah. So this is what Peter is telling us in our text this morning. Peter is writing to those of us who had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. Peter tells us that uh, those of us that have experienced God have promises set up for each and every one of us. So let's look at this. What, 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 what are promises? I've got two definitions here that I, I, I truly love when I ran across of it. The first one, it says a promise is a word that goes forth into unfulfilled time. It says promises are those things that reach ahead of its speaker and its recipient to mark an appointment between them and the future. <laughs> Peter tells us that God has given us not just any type of promise. He says that God has given us promises that are of great wealth and no amount of money can buy them. And he says through these promises you can have God's own life in you. Now that's amazing when I ran across that when that 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 God has set it up so if we grab a hold to the promises that he has destined for our lives, understand, it is just like having God's own life inside of you. Uh, the NIV said these promises are very great and precious promises. 
promises that allow you to participate in the divine nature. See, the promises of, of God that God has for each and every one of us are not natural, but they are supernatural. Ah, uh, yeah, I, it was Donna Lawrence that talked about the fact that uh, that, that we, we don't live a, a natural life, but, but as believers, we live a, a, a spiritual life. Uh, that God has planned and purpose for us uh, to live as spiritual beings uh, having a supernatural experience. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And can I pause right here and say that this is the goal of the enemy to keep you and me from living the supernatural life. He doesn't mind us living the natural life. He, he doesn't mind us just going through the day, mundane day, uh, in and out, just uh, uh, obeying our flesh. But when we tap into the supernatural, understand, we begin to tap into the divine promises that God has for our lives. Uh, yeah, he wants to keep us in the natural. He, he doesn't want us to arrive at the appointed time. Oh, yeah, he doesn't want us to arrive at the divine time that God has set up for us uh, to enjoy the very promises that he has planned and purposed for our lives. I told you, remember, a promise reaches ahead of its speaker and its recipient to mark an appointment between them and the future. The enemy wants you to miss your appointed time. Uh, uh, I don't know about anybody in here, but I don't want to miss my appointed time. The appointment that God has set up and destined in eternity. No, I want to arrive at the right time. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't want it to pass me by because truth of the matter is that I've missed some divine appointments in my life. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody that know that you missed some divine appointment times in your life. I don't want to miss another one. No, I want to walk in the spirit. That's why the Bible declares that uh, for us to walk in the spirit and not after the flesh because the more that we walk by the spirit understand we walk in the path and plan that God has purpose for our lives and when I walk in the purpose and plan spiritually uh, understand I'm going to arrive at the appointed time where God has set up in eternity for me to enjoy the blessings of God ah yeah I want to enjoy the blessings of God. This is why Peter said, do your best to add holy living to your faith. <laughs> yeah, then he says, add to this a better understanding. So yes, to lay hold to God's promises, we got to have faith. Uh, but what Peter is trying to help us understand that it's not going to be only faith that's going to help us obtain or lay hold to what God has purpose and plan for our lives, we got to add holy living. Uh, y'all ain't going to help me. Y'all don't like that word holy. Yeah. Yeah, holy, y'all. I, I, I mean, a, a, a right living. That's the type of life that we got. I'm going to pick that up on Wednesday night. But, uh, yeah, but I'm going to dive into that because the truth of the matter is the enemy wants us to come into the house of God and shout and praise God uh, and go out here and live like any type of way we want to live. But I'm here to tell you that in order to lay hold to the promises of God, not only do you have to confess faith with your mouth, 
mouth, um, but you got to back it up by the way you live. You can't talk anyway. You can't carry yourself anyway. No, you got to have some right living in your life. Ah, yeah. When I when I heard that, I, I said, you know, I don't want to be a, I don't want us to be a church. Uh, uh, yeah, that just shouts and praise God. Come in here and have a good time. No, I want us to be able to come in here and have a good time, but go out there and live a holy life as well. I don't want to be the church that known as the crowded church where everybody doing what they ever, whatever they want to do. No, I want to be the church that's known by the way we live. Uh, uh, yeah, that those people love right. They live right. They walk right. They talk right. They carry themselves right. I wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, yeah, there, there. Uh, that's a, just a precursor to Wednesday night. Come on back Wednesday night. We're going to dive into that uh, because God wants to bless us. And it's not all about claiming things with our mouth. Ah, no, it's not all about claiming. And then we get upset with God. I don't know why I'm still here. We get upset with God because God does not fulfill his promises. What God said, I, 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 and what we got to understand is God's promises uh, were already uh, God, uh, he told, uh, uh, I better not mess with that. Uh, I, I mean, those, everything that God has done for us has already been done. He's given us everything to life and God. He already done that. Understand, God is not in heaven uh, hearing your petition and then trying to work and, and work things out. No, these things have already been set in eternity. They're sitting there waiting on you, waiting on the appointed time. He might have September 25th for this type of blessing to flow in your life. But if you're not walking according to the will of God and doing those things that, uh, that allow you you to arrive at that appointed time to receive what God has planned, you're going to miss it. Uh, uh, let, me, let me leave that. Let me leave that alone. So the Bible, the Bible, the Bible is full of promises. Yeah, to the believer. Let's look at a few of these promises. Paul, the talented tent maker from Tarsus, tells us in Romans 10, 9, he tells us, I, if you say, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. We heard it in the songs this morning. Uh, that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. He says you will. King James, I think, says shall. That means for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, that you will be saved from the punishment of sin. Here the text tells us the first thing is that God promises salvation. Yeah, he promises salvation to everybody who opens their mouth and confess or say with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and because and believe uh, or have faith in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad this morning that I didn't have to pay for salvation. Uh, maybe let me talk to this side. I, I, I'm so glad this morning. If I had to pay for salvation, I wouldn't have it. Uh, because I don't uh, possess that type of resources to pay because the Bible says that Jesus laid down his life. He gave up something in order that we could experience this salvation and nobody could do it but Jesus. 
Uh, they tried bulls and goats and pigeons and all these other things trying uh, to get in a good standing relationship with God, but nothing could do it like the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, if I had to pay for it, I couldn't, uh, I, I, I couldn't pay for it. If I had to earn it, I, I couldn't earn it. Uh, uh, but I'm so glad that the Bible tells me uh, that, that, that salvation is as close as confessing with my mouth and believing in my heart. Anybody glad about that this morning? Uh, in fact, look what 1 John 1 and 19 tells us. It says, if we tell him our sins, tell him, <laughs> tell Jesus. Uh, I ain't got to tell everybody, um, but I, I just need to tell him. So don't, be, don't, don't, don't get in my business. I, I, I want to talk to God. <laughs> uh, he, he says, uh, if I tell him, uh, if, if we tell him our sins, he is faithful. Whew. And we can depend on him. He says he is faithful. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, his faithfulness, faithfulness is not like man's faithfulness. Uh, when we look up the faithfulness, that, I mean, that's something that we can count on. Uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that, 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 that if I confess my sins to God, he, he, he didn't say he would just entertain it. No, no. He says that he's faithful and we can depend on him to forgive us of our sins. He will make our lives clean from all sin. Oh, my God. That's just a place right there to shout because, see, when, when, when God saves us, understand, he promises to forgive us, not of some of our sins. Uh, the Bible didn't say some. The Bible, the Bible said all, and all means all. That, 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 that means everything that I've done, everything uh, that I contemplate in doing, not, not only has he forgiven me of, of the sins I've already committed on, uh, by dying on Calvary, but understand of the sins that I would commit because the truth of the matter, none uh, is perfect but one. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I know. We think we we got it going on, but the truth of the matter, somewhere down the line, we're gonna drop the ball. Somewhere down the line, we're gonna sin again. But I'm so glad that because he died once, ah, uh, he doesn't have to die again. No, his once and for all death on Calvary. The fact that he died and rose and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, means that if I do falter, if I fall seven times, uh, guess what? I can get back up because I got a God that has forgiven me of my sins. Anybody glad that God has forgiven you of your sins? Man may not forgive you. Man will keep bringing it up. Man will talk about you. Man will scandalize your name. But the Bible said that he throws my sins in the sea of forgetfulness and dares any man to go back in there and get them out. I'm so glad this morning that I got a God that has forgiven me of my sins. Anybody glad about it on this morning? Ah, yeah. 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 And see, what we got to be careful of uh, is that we got to trust what God has done. See, because it's the enemy's job to keep bringing up old stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's like an elephant. He, he, he remembers stuff. 
Uh, and if you're not careful, you'll sit there and entertain that stuff. And see, the more that we entertain or the more that we doubt what God has done in our life, the more apt we are to fall back into that same sin or even sins that are worse or worse or worse. So we got to be careful to make sure that we trust God in what he's done in our life. Uh, yeah, I got to trust him. I, I got to trust that. Yeah, he, 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 he forgave me. Yeah. Yeah, my filthy mouth. Yeah, I got to trust that he he forgave me. Oh, you know, my, my fornication act. You know, I, I got to trust that uh, uh, he, he, he forgave me, that he's not uh, uh, stretching the scale trying to bring it back up. No, but his blood has covered it and brought healing to that particular area of my life. And the more that I trust that, the more power I will have over that. Uh, so it's important. I got to go to trust in God's promises of salvation. Because truth of the matter is, without trusting in God's uh, promise of salvation, the rest of God's promises are null and void. Because truth of the matter is, the only way that we can enjoy the rest of the promises is to put ourselves in a position where we have a relationship with God. Because God... See, see, every promise that God has promised is for those that have a relationship with him. Uh, my children, my, my children. So, I, you know, as, as a parent, you're supposed to set up a wheel and everything for your children. Uh, that when you do, you know, leave here, that, you know, you, you'll, you'll have something for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I ain't going to mess with that. Yeah, that you'll have something for them. Uh, but it's because of that relationship that we have. That's the reason that I've left them some inheritance. Well, the same way with God. I just can't roll up on the scene and start con uh, declaring things, uh, and I don't have a relationship with him. I mean, uh, if I pass, I, my, my children are going to sit uh, in front of the lawyer, and the lawyer going to say that this is what daddy has left for you. I got two of them. And this is what daddy has left for you. Uh, then grandkids and all that other stuff. Yeah, my wife, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but if somebody else show up wanting a piece of that, they can't have it. Because, one, they don't have a relationship. It's not legal. Uh, there's no legal contract. There's no relationship that they have with me. So they can't come in claiming anything. In the same way, in the kingdom of God, we have to have a relationship with God if we're going to enjoy the promises that he's planned and purposed for our life. Let's go. Look what Moses said. He tells in Deuteronomy 31 and 6. He says, be strong and have strength of heart. He says, do not be afraid or shake with fear because of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. <laughs> he will be faithful. That is again. He will be faithful to you and he will not leave you. So not only does God promise salvation, but the text is telling us that God also promises his continual presence. 
We heard this, them singing this morning about the presence of God. God has promised us that he was going to continually be with us. Moses writes this because Moses realizes that he's getting ready to go off the scene. That uh, his, his, his date of expiration is soon to come. And he wants the children of Israel to know that though I am not going to be with you, there is one that is going to stay with you and he will never leave you. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad about that this morning because, uh, see, uh, the truth of the matter is that we all are going to get out of here at some point in time in our life. We all are going to leave those that we love. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not only that, but there are going to be some people in your life that, not that, that are not going to stay with you uh, every step of the way. I'm going to say that. Let me say that nicely. Every step of the way. Uh, yeah, some people are going to get in their ways. Some people are going to get in their feelings. They say they're going to be with you for uh, eternity, but the truth of the matter is, is that uh, somewhere down the line, uh, because of situations and circumstances, you're going to look around and they may not be there. But I'm so glad this morning that I got a God that promised that he's going to start out with me, he's going to stay with me, uh, and, and no matter my situation, that he's going to walk right there with me in the midst of the thick and thin. Anybody glad about that this morning? Uh, because I, you know, I, I can live if you change your mind. <laughs> um, but I can't live if God changes mine. I, I, I need him. Anybody need him? I, I, I mean, I need him. I, I, I mean, I, I serve a God that if I need him in the midnight hour, he's there. I serve a God that if I need him in the noonday, he's there. That every time I turn around, all I got to do is call on him. He ain't busy. He ain't on the phone with nobody else. He ain't got his own issues, but he's an ambidextrous God. He's able to be where you need him, and he's able to be where I need him. Can I get a witness in the building? Ah, Moses, Moses says there's, there's no need to be afraid, no need to shake with fear, because God is right there with you. Ah, right there with you. He's right there with you. Uh, I, I mean, the writer of Hebrews understood this. He, in, in Hebrews 13 and 5, he says, keep your lives free from the love of money. He says, be happy with what you have. God has said, I will never leave you or let you be alone. See, a lot of people are pursuing the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are, are pursuing money. They, they love it, and they'll do anything for it. I, I'm not talking about anybody in this room. <laughs> uh, uh, but more than money, understand you ought to love the presence of God. Because you ought to realize that more than money, his presence is more valuable. Uh, when the Hebrew boys were in the fiery furnace, they didn't need a fat bank account. They needed the presence of God. Uh, when Daniel was in the lion's den, he, he didn't need six figures, but he needed the presence of God. When Jazerah's daughter was dead, understand, he knew that I needed to bring Jesus to my house. All I need is the presence of God in the house, and it'll bring uh, uh, some things back to 
your life. Uh, and that's what the enemy doesn't want us to realize is how valuable the presence of God is. He will cause us to pursue all these other things and understand nothing's wrong with those things as long as those things don't have you. You can have those things and still realize that the most important thing in your life is the presence of God. I need the presence of God. Anybody need the presence of God? Have you gone through anything, any problem, any situation? I didn't need mama. I didn't need daddy. No, they had their own issues, but I needed God to show up. I needed the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I needed him to show up and show out in my life. Can I get a witness in the building? He showed up because he promised he would. The definition said, one that sent his word ahead <laughs> to arrive at the appointed time. I love that. See, because God knows the trouble I'm going to go through. He knows the pain that I'm going to have. Yeah, he knows how people are going to treat you. He knows you might lose the job. Yeah, he knows the relationship might be a, a rocky at times. Uh, so he says, I sent my word on ahead of me. Uh, I, 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 I sent my presence on ahead that when you arrive at that problem, guess what? You ain't got to look around and wonder where I am uh, because I can be uh, in eternity and time. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me. I can be in heaven. I can be right there beside you. Uh, matter of fact, I've sent my Holy Spirit. I sent the paracletes uh, uh, that the Bible said that he's in you. He's right there in you, walking in you, talking in you. He says, I sent it on ahead of you. Uh, and you got to trust, glory to God, that when you get there, I'll be there. I'm so glad about it that this morning that when I was going through my heartache and pain, that God's presence was already there. When they told me I might have cancer in my tongue, when I arrived at the doctor's office, I, I, I arrived there and got laid out, got ready to be rolled into the operating room. I, I realized that when they opened up the wound and they looked in there and they said that there was no cancer, it wasn't nothing but God's presence, God's healing virtue. Huh? Because God said, I sent it ahead. I sent it on ahead. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. In fact, I gotta, let's move away from there. Uh, uh, so not only does God promise salvation, not only does he promise his continual presence, uh, but God also promises strength. I mean, this is what the writer of Isaiah, Isaiah 41 and 10 says. He says, do not fear, uh, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. He said, I'm your God. Don't, 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 don't miss that. He says, I'm your God. In other words, I, I created you. I formed you. I, I know all about you. I, I, I know how the proclivities that you're going to have in life. I, I know what's going to show up in uh, January. I know what's going to show up in February. I, I know because I'm an omniscient God. I, I'm an all-knowing God. I, I know and because I'm your God. He says, I will give you strength. 
He says, and for sure, I will help you. See, I, I, I don't like people that say they're going to help me. Then when I'm in need, they don't help. Uh, yeah, you told me you were going to help me. You, you told me you were going to be there. Uh, you told me, <laughs> yeah, that I can count on you. Uh, but we got to realize is that people are people. Uh, we, we, we ourselves have not come through on every promise. Uh, but we got a God uh, that any promise he makes, understand he's able to fulfill it. Uh, he says, yes, I will hold you up with my right hand. Uh, that is, I will hold you up with my right hand. That is right and good. Right hand represents strength. Uh, he, he says, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, see, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I need the strength of God. Uh, because truth of the matter is, I, I like lifting weights, and uh, you know, but I, I ain't strong like God. Uh, how do I know that? Because you know, uh, uh, if a man can lift 800 pounds, but if he stump his little toe, that pinky toe, guess what? He coming down. I don't care how much he can lift. But you stomp those toes, I, I, I mean, you, you coming down. So, so, so I don't care how strong we are naturally. There's going to be something that happens in our lives that can bring us to our knees. Y'all ain't going to help me. Y'all ain't going to help me. I, 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 it may be the job. It may be the relationship. It may be a doctor's report. It may be those children. Uh, I, 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 I mean, it may be that career, whatever it is, at some point of time in your life, the Lord will let you know that you can't handle things in your own strength. No, you're going to need my strength. You're going to need the strength of God. And I'm so glad that when I face trials and tests in my life, that I had the strength of God in order to endure. The only reason I can stand up here and preach is not because of my strength, but because of the strength of God. The only reason these singers can stand up here and sing is not in their own strength. It's only because of the strength of God. Uh, so we, ain't, we don't have nothing to brag about. We don't have nothing to boast about because truth of the matter is all of us on any given day, whatever we're dealing with can cause us to run in the house and get in the bed uh, and don't want to talk to nobody. But the truth of the matter is that when you rely on God, he will give you strength. He'll give you strength to take and absorb whatever problem, whatever issue that comes your way. And that's why we got to trust God. That's why we got to believe in his promises. And that's why David said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in the Lord. I'm because I know I'm going to go through some trouble. I know I'm going to have some pain. I know I'm going to weep. Uh, uh, and, and I'm going to weep in my life. But I'm so glad that I got a God that will wipe away every tear. That'll give me the strength to get up, put on my clothes, walk back in there and say, I'm walking in the power and the strength of a mighty God. Do I have a witness in the building? The strength. The strength. David testifies of this. In Psalms 28 and 7, he says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps with joy and with my song, I praise him. 
David realized this. David, after everything that David went through, David, David, you know, you know, David had to go up against Goliath. You know, David, uh, who Saul tried to kill. Huh. You know, David, they were singing, David, kill. Uh, his ten thousands and Saul a thousand. Uh, and Saul got uh, uh, upset and tried to kill him. Not only that, but his own son. One who he brought into the world. Uh, tried to take his own life. So David couldn't rely on his own strength in order to handle those things. And I'm here to tell somebody that whatever you're dealing with right now, you can't handle it in your own strength. You got to trust and believe in the promises of God that whatever you're going through, that God will infuse you with his strength in order for you to make it. Anybody glad about that on this morning? Uh, pick up some of this Wednesday night uh, but not only does God God give us promise of salvation uh, his continual presence and his strength but God also promises to supply our needs uh, and see this is where the enemy likes to target our, our, our life uh, because he wants us to, to believe that God can't supply each and every one of our needs that God needs our help and the truth of the matter is, God doesn't need our help to supply our need. We are his. Remember, uh, he is our God. Uh, so when we trust in him, he's able to. I mean, this is what Matthew tells us in Matthew 6 and 31 and 33. It says, do not worry. Uh, I mean, that, 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 that right there. I mean, that, that, that's our issue right there. Uh, we worry more than anything. We worry about stuff that we ought not be worried about. Uh, worry about stuff that never, that may never happen. Uh, he, he says, do not worry. Do not keep saying. Uh, uh, yeah, because saying, uh, saying shapes our life. Yeah, life and death and the power of our tongue. So whatever we say, understand, will manifest itself. So he's trying to help us understand uh, to control what we say. He says, do not worry. Matter of fact, he's really trying to help us understand that most of the worry comes from what we say. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, it's not about what people do, but what we say that changes the outlook. He says, he says, do not keep saying, do not keep saying, <laughs> what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? In other words, how in the world am I going to pay that bill? <laughs> it says the people who do not know God are looking for all these things. The people that don't know their God. But you and I know our God. We have a relationship with our God. We spent intimate time with our God. Huh? We've done pillar talk with our God. He knows our needs and our concerns and our issues. He already knows them, but the world doesn't know him. And because they don't know him, they're trying to work things out in their own power. 
And because of that, that's what brings them worry. But because we are a child of God, huh? because we've been engrafted into the promises of God, huh? because we have an inheritance like no other inheritance, that we have a God that already knows what we're going through. He says, your father in heaven knows your, you need all these things. God already knows what you need. He's an omniscient God. He knows when the bill is going to be due. He knows when the child is going to go to college. Uh, he knows when the car going to break down. Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. He knows when the doctor issue is going to come. Uh, and if we listen to him and if we position ourselves, walk by the spirit, God will set us up. Uh, that when we meet those issues, he will show up. Matter of fact, his promise of of, of meeting every need will show up in our lives. I don't know about you, but I've had some times in my life that I didn't know how I was going to make it, but when I got there, uh, it was already taken care of. Why? Because God already knows how to set it up. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's why I tell people, you know, when they have car issues or certain issues and they got the money to pay for it, I say you ought to thank God that you got the money to pay for it. You ain't trying to rob Peter how to pay Paul. You ain't trying to call Uncle Joe and Aunt Sue. No, God has put it right there. His promises have met you right where you need it. I like the message translation. It says what I'm trying to, to do here is to get you to relax. <sighs> Try to get you to relax. Stop being all tent up. Ah, stop. I got all that tension in your shoulders. Ah, all that tension in your face. Ah, ah, don't never smile. Go to work all, all frowned up. He says, relax. God said, relax because I got this. Relax. Ah, ah, because I've already promised that I was going to take care of you. He says, relax because I'm a God that takes care of his children. No, I'm not like one of them people that have children and don't take care of them. He said, if I birth you in the world and you were birthed and created in my image and likeness, guess what? I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about a thing. Push your neighbor and say, you ain't got to worry about a thing. You ain't got to worry about a thing. You ain't got to worry about a thing. Oh, I got to go. Oh, I got to go. He says, what I'm trying to get you do, to do here is to get you to relax to not be so preoccupied with getting. Uh, and look why he says this, because he says, so you can respond to God's giving. <laughs> Could we be so occupied with getting uh, that we're not ready when God wants to give? Uh, that I, 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 I'm working so much uh, trying to accumulate when God says relax because guess what? When the issue comes, I understand why David said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David understood, glory to God, that I serve a shepherd that would take care of his sheep. And I'm so glad about it this morning that I got a good shepherd. I got the chief shepherd, the one, hallelujah, that looks looks down into uh, my eternity and knows exactly what I need. Anybody glad that you got a God that knows what you need? And he will provide it at the right time. Oh, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Let me, let me go down. Let me go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So not only, last thing and I'm done. Last thing I'm done. 
So not only does God provide salvation, his continual presence, his strength, supply our needs, but he promised to give us victory. 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 I mean, this is what the talented tent maker tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. He says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you are experiencing some type of defeat in your life. Maybe you see defeat because you're looking at it through your natural lens. <laughs> but if you ever look at it through your spiritual lens, you'll see the victory that God has purchased for each and every one of us. I don't care what the report is. If we see through our spiritual eyes, we will see the victory. Uh, because the Bible said that Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of them that uh, are the called and... Uh, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the call according to his purpose. So when we are called, understand some things are going to happen, but God is going to allow those things to bring us victory. Uh, I, I know some stuff that I went through, and the only reason that I went through it is that I can stand here today and have the victory over it. Uh, that I can be a witness, that I can have a testimony and let somebody else know that, yes, I went through it, uh, but it doesn't define me because I understand that just as Paul said, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Anybody more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus in here? Uh, and lastly, I'm done. I'm done for real. Uh, Joshua 2, 21 and 45 says not, not, not one of the Lord's. This is the reason why we ought to really, I mean, worship God, praise God, honor him with our life. Because Joshua declared in 21, 4, and 5, not one of all the Lord's promises to Israel fail. Everyone was fulfilled. Everyone was fulfilled. Joshua was telling us or tells us that a promise from the Lord is a sure thing. That no matter how unlikely it may appear to be, God is able to bring fulfillment to it. It might take time, and that's our problem. Because our time is not like God's time. We want God to do things on our time. But if we walk in the spirit, we'll understand God's timing. We'll understand that God does things in his own timing. And I got to bring my will in submission to him. And relax, knowing that when it happens, uh, yeah, you, you know the old folks used to say, it may not happen when you want it. Uh, <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, in fact, look at what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 20. I'm, I'm just about now. He says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And when, I, when, I, when I used to read this, uh, I didn't realize that there was a response that needed to be declared after the promises of God. I mean, we read that so quickly. Uh, it says, for no matter how many promises God has promised, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, listen, the amen is spoken not by God, but by us to the glory of God. The Apostle Paul is trying to tell us 
that no matter how many promises God has made, he's not limited at the fulfillment of them. He doesn't have a cap. He doesn't have a cap. In other words, he doesn't, eh, uh, uh, I mean, you have, yeah, the, oh, I, I, good illustration, food pantry, food pantry. Yeah, when, when people come and get food, I mean, you have a set amount. When you run out, they got to come back the next, the next month. But the, the, the text is telling us that God has no cap. That God, whatever he promised you, does not stop him from fulfilling his promise to me. So he's not exhaustive in any type of way. <laughs> that's, what I, I, that's why I love God. See, because you may run out. Uh, yeah, you may promise me something, but when I get to you and when I get in need, understand you've exhausted everything that you have. But I serve a God that does not exhaust anything. He can bless you and me. Uh, he can bless Clayton and he can bless Raleigh. He can bless Kerry. He, he can bless uh, North Carolina. He can jump up to Virginia and bless. Uh, there's no limit in what he can do. Uh, so the Apostle Paul says that the promises of God are yes in Christ. In other words, whatever God has promised gets stamped. With the yes of Jesus. Message translation. Get stamped with the yes of Jesus. And because they are stamped with the yes of Jesus, Paul says, your response and my response ought to be a hearty amen. I just want to know, do I have anybody in here with an amen in your mouth? Uh, that he's promised you salvation and your response is uh, he is promising his continual presence and your response is he has promised you strength and your response is he said he promised that he will supply your need and your response is he promised to give you victory and your response is he responded he, he promised to give you healing and your response is he promised to give you peace and joy and your response is he promised to save you and your household. And your response is, he promised to make it ahead and not the tail. And your response is, and see, because God has promised it, we ought to walk around saying amen. In other words, it's sealed. God is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. I wish I had at least two or three people that don't mind going ahead and praise God uh, because whatever he promised, understand he's going to do it. Nothing is too hard for him. Come on and bless him in the building. Come on and give him praise. Give him a blessed praise for what he promised to do in your life. I just want to hear an amen. I want to put an amen on it. Whatever he promised you, you ought to seal it with an amen. Promise to meet every need, amen. Promise to give me the job that I desire, amen. Promise to give me the relationship that I desire, amen. I wish I had a witness in the building. God said, I want an amen. I want an amen. Amen, because he's worthy, amen. Glory to God because he's an awesome God. Put your hands together for your God.